Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, but you know that. Um, you know, we've got a good little cast of characters around here. Uh, you know me. I, I talk way too much on this thing. Uh, you might know Paul. You might know Eduardo. You might know uh, Carrie, Patrick. Uh, if you want to go back through the list, you know, Madeline. We miss you, Madeline. Uh, Andre has been gone for quite a while. Uh, even Aubrey used to be on quite a bit. But, you know, the point I'm getting to is that, is that we, all, we all talk a lot, and then occasionally we sit around and be like, you know what, we're fucking boring. We are tired of hearing ourselves talk. And uh, this year, so we've been working on getting some, uh, some new blood, some, uh, some guest stars in here. So that's why you hear people like Marcus Dowling a little more. That's why you hear people like Marcus Moore. Uh, he's going to be back soon, actually, along with Marcus Dowling. Um, you know, we had Chad Clark. We had Louie on talking about the excellent Colin Stetson album. And this week, we have two special guests here to discuss a, uh, an excellent album for one, by one William Tyler. The name of the album is Modern Country. Uh, here to talk about it this week with myself is Noah Berman, who has actually been on this podcast. He is a, a guitar player, jazz trained. Uh, now he's, he's you know him basically mostly from playing with uh, Louis Weeks on his excellent albums. His last one, Ha Ha, came out, I think, last year. It's one of our best of the year. If you haven't heard that, find that. And uh, they put out an excellent instrumental album as well that uh, we'll have a link to in the show notes because it's something if you haven't heard, you, you need to hear it. Um, so we got Noah on and then uh, Ian Taranji, who I just met recently through uh, Marcus Dowling, actually. Uh, he is in a band called the Lucky So-and-Sos. Now, that band uh, has been around D.C. for a little while now. They uh, they came about because of a thing called Flash Band, which I, we've tried to get Flash Band on here. just it doesn't work out. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, we'll keep trying. So, Flashband guys, if you're listening, uh, we'd love to have you over. Uh, but the the gist of Flashband is is this: is that y- you have a bunch of musicians. They meet up on one night, and they all sort of pair off into bands. It can be a duo, it can be a group. Sometimes there's a theme, and, and they form a band. And 30 days later, uh, these people who have never met, who are not professional musicians, uh, go and play a show. And it's amazing, and it's an amazing program. So, uh, Ian met his bandmates in the Lucky So-and-Sos this way. Lucky So-and-Sos have been tearing shit up in D.C. now for quite a while. Uh, they have a couple songs out. I believe they even have an EP out. Uh, Going to be working on an album a little later on, and but they're always out playing shows. And uh, so, invited Ian on, because I was like, hey, this dude's fun to talk to. Uh, more importantly... Uh, William Tyler is a guitar player, and we are all three on this podcast today that you're about to hear guitar players. Uh, I have played since I was about 15. Uh, that is a adds up to a bigger number than I would like to admit, uh, but uh, the same goes for Ian and Noah, and we all love the instruments. So instead of a uh, news thing here, we're, you're actually going to hear us talk about our love of guitar. Uh, and it's something I hope to do uh, more and more. You know, I, I play a bunch of instruments, um, and uh, I love them all. They've all brought me great joy, just like the instruments just bring people great joy. Uh, if you heard me and Kenny uh, Pirog talking about it on the last podcast, uh, you know, a piano is a wonderful thing, as is a drum set, as is a guitar, as is a bass, as is a mandolin. So, um, it's a little tusk, and I think it went well, but you tell me. Uh, so if you guys are ready, if you're comfortable, if you have a beverage and you're ready to hear, uh, some guitar nerdery along with, uh, 
some talk about a damn fine album. Uh, here we go. This is episode number 192 of Junkie Glasses, the podcast. We're reviewing the new album by William Tyler, Modern Country. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next minute. Ian, you're back, but people don't know this, so you've been in this basement before. I have been in the basement before. Uh, you're talking to Marcus, that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, Ian with the uh, Lucky So-and-Sos. Uh, how do you pronounce okay. your last name? Taranji. Taranji. Okay, yes, so uh, I, I would guess if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know like Lucky So-and-Sos. I would hope. I would hope, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit about what they do. Uh, we're a jazz, hip-hop, kind of a big band, organic, instrumental. Um Two really fantastic MCs, uh, fun band, and uh, come check us out. We'll be playing uh, July 16th at uh, Saycraft Brewing in oh, nice. Arlington. Nice, nice. Um, Noah, you've been down here too. I have with, with our with our friend uh, Louis Weeks. Yep. That, that was fun too because like the first time Louis came down, this it might have been the third time even he came down. Yeah, it was just Louis, right? And nobody gave him shit. <laughs> and then and then there you were it was like hey all right yeah i uh, got to parse that album now you amongst playing with louis weeks yeah uh and you guys did a, a honestly a fan, speaking of instrumental albums like we're, what we're going to be talking about today you did a fantastic one oh thank you here that was i i know people are still like i sent it to and they're just like what oh awesome like, it's it's sort of amazing but thanks uh you're coming at this for more of a jazz thing you, you're you're all uh, educated in this stuff so, so what's a little background here for you uh, yeah, well, I guess as far as the education goes, uh, started learning jazz stuff in middle school and high school, went to, uh, Eastman School of Music, which is a school in Rochester, uh, that has some cool alumni, like, uh, the, uh, Jay Berliner who played on Astro Weeks mm-hmm. went there, nice. uh, Steve Gadd went there, Ron Carter, famous bass player went there. Uh, did jazz there and then moved to New York with some friends and have tried to forget most of the jazz stuff, but I still do some. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, I've been focusing on the project with Louie a lot lately. Yeah. Cause you guys are working on the next album. We are working on the next one. Yeah. Hopefully furiously. Like, yeah. I, I can't, of. I can't wait to hear like, <laughs> how that works out. Yeah. Um, the reason you guys are on here instead of Eduardo, who is usually down here, just <laughs> staying down here, uh, is because we're talking about, uh, on William Tyler, a guitarist. He's, he's been in, uh, let's see, Lamb Chop. He's yeah. uh, played in Silver Jews. Uh, he's on Merge Records of, of some repute. Uh, but you guys both being guitarists, I realize, and, and myself being, you know, you, you guys are, are pros and I'm a little bit of a hack, but, uh, you know, uh, we, I consider myself we, definitely a hack. Well, <laughs> we, we, we've never actually Two sat, hacks sat down and just had like <laughs> musician talk on this podcast. I don't think so. This might be a first. Oh, great. Um, 
you know, a lot of what we advocate for is for people to go out and pick up an instrument. Yeah. Uh, and even if you don't know what you're doing, um, just had a, a conversation uh, that's going to be out, or will be out before this actually with uh, Kenny from One of Man, Kenny Perogue, and talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the joy of like just sitting somebody down with an instrument who doesn't know shit and then it's going to sound like crap. It doesn't matter because they're safe. But then they hit that one note that makes them feel good. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. man. And maybe they're hooked for life. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, whichever one of you guys wants to start in on this, like why guitar? And why why maybe were you guys drawn to guitar? Yeah. Well, I think like in a general sense, I was thinking about this. And to me, guitar kind of uh, sits in this midpoint between... You know, you have like piano where you can play chords, mm-hmm. you can accompany yourself. You have like single note instruments like violin or saxophone, you can solo, you gotta play a melody expressively on instruments like that. And then you have like electronic instruments. And it's kind of like in between those. It it can't do any of them maybe to the to the point that like a piano is really specialized in yeah. playing a lot of notes. You can play ten notes at a time or whatever. And you might not be able to play uh sustain a note for as long as like a violin or a saxophone mm-hmm. and you might not have all the possibilities of like um, a synthesizer but you kind of it's kind of set up especially electric guitar to kind of meet between all that stuff and that that seems sort of and it's portable yeah it's small and it's, and it's kind of easy to start yeah you can make music on it like instantly like just EAD yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just GCD GCD yeah. whatever <laughs> make some chords right, yeah. right, right. Um, when uh when no, did you first like pick up a guitar and you were like, I mean, was there a point where you're trying to decide between instruments? No, I like my, so everyone, in my family plays except my mom. Oh, plays, um, everyone plays guitar. I mean, at least or they, or they did at one point. Yeah. And, I'm the, young, and I'm the youngest. So, so you can have the Berman so, orchestra. So they're never, ne- never, but, oh, they, so but you everyone guitars laying around. There were guitars laying around. Okay. And my dad is like, was a big, like Segovia oh, yeah. guy, big Django guy. Mm, and, nice. and then, um, Clapton, Allman, uh, Hendrix dude. So I heard all that stuff. And, uh, but I think I started playing because when I was like six, they had all those late Beatles, uh, records on CD and, uh, the artwork was really awesome and like psychedelic (laughs) and they like, especially, uh, like Yellow Submarine and Revolver and Sgt. Peppers. And I just started like playing those over and over and got obsessed with George. I don't know why. I guess because he wasn't like, I like underdogs. Like I liked the Utah jazz at the time. Right. They were always like getting second place or whatever <laughs> so i got really into guitar. i really liked um like i'm only sleeping yeah and i so like i love backwards shit like that uh so so i i think i played a little bit in like elementary school but i i started uh earnestly like when i was like um like 12 yeah yeah it's a good age to start yeah yeah, yeah. well you in you've been so i uh and i'm probably Dating myself a little bit here. I Eddie Van Halen's the reason I play guitar. <laughs> I uh, I was just blown away. Um, actually, Eddie Van Halen and Prince. Uh, uh, Purple Rain was like one of the first albums where I actually mm-hmm. picked up my tennis racket and started How? playing. Uh, you know, pretending like it was a guitar. To, to precisely date you because I, we're sort of the same <laughs> age. Like, how old were you when Purple Rain came out? Oh. 
All right. Well, I'll, I'll expressly date myself right now. Yeah. I'm 44, so I'm not oh, sure. We're exactly the same age. So I'm not yeah. sure exactly how old I was. But I think I was like in that like 13 to 15. Yeah. You know, just learning how to masturbate kind of age. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, and I think, I think what Noah said about guitar, you know, versatility, I think is, is, is what, what I think is great about guitar. And, and, and I think you also pointed out, Kevin, a great, a great yeah. point too, which is that it doesn't take much to really start making music, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I keep, you know, when I tell people I play guitar, I, I get a lot of times people saying, oh, I really wish I could play an instrument or I wish I could play guitar. And I'm like, well, do it, you yeah. know, you do it. It doesn't really, you know, it's not... There's, there, there's nothing stopping you. And, and then people always say, well, you know, I, I just don't have the talent for it. And I'm like, you know what? Talent's fucking overrated when it yeah. comes to music. It's a lot of it is just, you know, just grinding it out and getting the muscle memory. And if yeah. you can figure out, if you can figure out your way to get from, uh, you know, a G chord in the, you know, in the first position to a C chord and articulate it well, mm-hmm. you can make a lot of music just yeah. in that first position with an acoustic guitar and, you know, I think that that's why I, I'm, I, I always suggest to people that they should play guitar. The other beautiful thing, too, is especially if you have an electric and you're not plugged in, you can just literally be sitting down yes. in front of the TV watching a basketball game and, or, you know, watching Game of Thrones or whatever and just practice scales. Yeah, and, that, and that's, and in fact, I did, I did that. Do a lot of that. <laughs> I, I just binged uh, two seasons or three seasons, actually, of Game of Thrones because I was sick. And, uh, and are, I, are you I found, caught up? Yes. Okay. I am. I and and I found myself like figuring out the the theme song, yeah. <laughs> even though I fucking hate it. I was like, God <laughs> damn, I can't. But I was like, Well, it's here. And and you know, I to this day, I, I still find myself like there's an acoustic upstairs. All my stuff is back right behind me, and I find myself picking it up just to. It's weird that your hand just goes to that. Mm-hmm. We're all making a little like finger twitching motion. Um. Uh, you know, I, I think one component that uh, we haven't talked about yet, like if you're a young dude, guitar's going to get you the ladies. Bass ain't going to get you the ladies. Maybe, maybe <laughs> jazz guitar won't. No, I mean, well, it'll get, no, actually, I think they're back. It'll get you a classy I lady. Do I do everything. I do everything. Lead, sing- lead singer's going to get the most ladies. The guitar player's going to get the second right. most ladies. And then way far down the list are going to be like the keyboard players and the yeah. drummers and the bass players. Let's just be, let's just be real here. It, 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 it's funny because like I started... Um, uh, partially because of Prince, same same thing. Purple Rain was still remains to this day probably the most influential album yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's up there for me. For I sure. saw, uh, and I was starting to get like heavy into Clapton. I mean, I play a Strat. I mean, that's that's directly from Clapton. And yes. and only recently now, like thirty years later, have I been like, maybe I should get a Telecaster. That seems like more fun, <laughs> you know, because uh, a Strat uh, if. If you don't know, it is a it's a very specific type of instrument. It right. doesn't give, and if you don't hit the notes, then you don't hit the notes, and it's not good at chords. Like it's just not, um, which is why you had. Uh, I mean, you, yeah, I don't. You, you I, can't I, I, I might. I'm, I, I might disagree. I, I mean, I play a strat. I do actually, you? I actually have a strat. I have my strat with me, um, and I do. When I play with the Lucky So and So, it's it. There's not a lot of lead playing going on. It's mostly rhythm, and I do a lot of rhythm with with um, you know a finger style. Uh-huh. Um, and I do you know I, I do play with a flat pick, but I do play a lot of finger style yeah. too. And and I actually find if you've got that pickup in that fourth position yeah. where your middle and and neck pickup, 
Um, I think that's just a beautiful, beautiful rhythm sound. Which is, it's also the Knopfler sound. That's the Knopfler. Like I mean, that's if, the, if it, that is the, the Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's the Stevie Ray Vaughan sound. I mean, I play through a Fender tube amp, so I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of quintess. To me, that's kind of like a quintessential electric guitar sound. And you know, you mentioned the Telecaster. I also have a Telecaster that is um, currently uh, it being being held by uh, by my middle son, who is uh, mm-hmm. my son who who plays, um, and so I bequeathed that to my it was a mexican telecaster but it was but i mean i just i love that sound you just plug that thing yeah. straight into a fender tube amp and to me to, to my ear that's kind of the quintessential clean electric guitar sound yeah, yeah. you know yeah and i don't know what it is and i and, and maybe one of you guys knows the technical difference and that's what i mean about the chords you know you, you can certainly play a good rhythm on on a strap but mm-hmm. it's something different now it might be the fact that like i use like 11 gauge like yeah, I do too. strings I do too. And, yeah. and it, 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 that's just, but it, that's for tone. Mm-hmm. I guess right. what it is. Mm-hmm. I see a Stratus tone. What do, what do you play? I play a Tele. You, you play a Tele? Yeah. Um, with 11s. Wow. Also, uh, we're all 11s. I'm, I'm, Eventually, I'm, you I'm, break I'm so many strings, you can't. <laughs> I, you just, I'm <laughs> going to move down, though, when I run out. I'm going to move to 10s. Okay. But um, it's funny because I kind of want to do a Strat now. Oh, yeah? Because now I'm rolling to Hank Marvin. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Whammy Bar stuff. Yep. So now I kind of have like uh, Strat Envy, but um, what I really like about the Tele is that you kind of said this about Strats too. Is like uh, you kind of have to hit it. You have, <laughs> yeah. like you have to really be accurate, and mm-hmm. it, and if you if you're bad and you're playing it, it's kind <laughs> of like there's not really anywhere to hide. Yeah, it, it's, it's not, for, it's not it's forgiving. This ain't no uh, BC Rich piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's that soap bar. I think it's that uh, that neck soap yeah. bar pickup. That you know, whenever you know, when I when I play a telly, that's sort of like my default position. And again, I, I do play mostly rhythm. Um, right. I mean, I, I I enjoy lead. You know, my favorite guitar players are you know Albert King and and Stevie Ray and um, Hendrix and. We can get into it later at some point. Yeah. But I actually saw Stevie Ray Vaughan's second to last show, like oh, the wow. night before oh, yeah. he passed away, um, playing with Clapton actually. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I was naturally drawn to the Strat. Eddie Van Halen always played with the Strat, Strat-style mm-hmm. body, you know, whenever I was uh, uh, listening to all that sweet 80s metal. Yeah. All those guys had either Strats or Strat-style bodies, yep. and, and a lot of times they swapped out and put some active Seymour Duncans or something yeah. into, the, <laughs> into the Strat. But, you know, hey. And once they got the Floyd Rose tremolo, then it was yeah. just like the locking tremolo. Yeah, I was, actually, I was actually going to say to you, because you were saying you wanted to, you wanted to work the whammy on the, right. on the Strat. Like, I, I actually don't even keep my whammy on the Strat. I have enough, yeah, trouble, I have enough trouble keeping it in tune. Hmm. Um you know, without the whammy, and if I actually were using that thing, I would. It would. Yeah. I'd be. I'd be. It, tu- it, I'd be tuning between every song. Basically, it, what I use is I use the tremolo. Uh, I use the tremolo setting on the um on the, the uh, amp, on yeah. the amp because uh, I play a deluxe reverb. I play a sixty-five reissue deluxe, mm-hmm. um, and so I use the tremolo setting no on that. And that's <laughs> that's a beautiful. Yeah, amp. it's a beautiful amp. It that's, a amp. that's that's a different yeah. sound, though, right? It's a different sound. Yeah. But you can kind of. But yeah. you can kind of get yeah. that. You you can you can you can replicate it. Yeah, Somewhat. I guess obviously not. Not, not you're not ever going to perfectly well, replicate and, the whammy. An interesting thing with Telecatchers though is that country players can do this, and I forget the name of the actual device. But oh, it's the B bender. Yeah, the, the B bender. But, but it's actually like a, a yeah. rod that 
fits yep. in, cuts out of the body, yep. and you pull down basically on your strap, and it just like bends the nut. Yeah, that's the so Graham get... Parsons. That's the Graham Parsons yeah. uh, invention. Right I like there. that too. the The difference is because I also like trying to do that stuff just with your fingers. Yeah. But I guess what I'm the thing I'm getting into is the pitch going down. Yes. Yeah. I want because it just sounds different. It's just a different thing. Yeah. So I got a whammy, a whammy pedal. Oh. <laughs> Nice. And uh, <laughs> and it's actually pretty sweet. Yeah, but, nice. no, the, yeah. The, I mean, we haven't even talked about pedals here. Where you can yeah. do it. it's it's weird. So I I started playing um, because I was I, I played piano and I played violin, and then I was I was sitting around and and all these uh, people were like guitars cooler. In fact, one of my best friends picked it up uh, a year later. He was like winning battle of the bands, like just slaying like Purple Haze and shit like that. And uh, I saw Al Demiola on PBS, and he had one of the first MIDI things. I mean, this is like back in like '86. Yeah. And I just turned around to my dad. I'm like, "What the flying? Like, he's <laughs> why is he playing a flute? What the <laughs> fuck?" And literally, though that that week, uh, somebody gave me a Pink Floyd album, and I found out about David Gilmore. Yeah. And I have been fucking chasing like both of those like my entire like playing like career. It, it is just that sound that that just the touch what they get in their fingers out of everything is why like I think that I have why, why I still have the same guitar. I mean that's the same guitar I've had since back then. But it's just you you can do stuff with this instrument where it almost like transcends the instrument. Before we had Ableton, before we had all these computer instruments, uh, you know, by doing pedals. Sure, yeah. And, and, you know, Hendrix famously had the whammy pedal, but then all of a sudden you get into, like, octaverse. Mm -hmm. You get into, like, all these the different fuzz. kinds of fuzz. Uh, I've got an old rat, you know, um, which was, that that was, like, the rat was the only pedal, like, say, R.E.M. used. Right. A clean Rickenbacker and then a rat pedal. And then all of a sudden it sounds like, you know, the gates of hell are opening up sometimes. And... Maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen that applied to a whole lot of other stringed instruments. Right. Like, why? I mean, why do you guys think that is? Is it just? I mean, because you can do it with the bass. Mm -hmm, People sure. have done it very successfully. Look at Mark Sandman from Morphine. Right. Because mm -hmm. yeah, a, ba a bass amazing. is look. It's a it's a bigger electric guitar. Yeah. If you yeah. can play electric guitar, you can play bass. And in fact, yeah. sort of the same other way around. You mean like instruments like cello and violin? Is that what you mean by well, string cello, instruments? Well, cello, violin, but you don't yeah. hear a lot of effects on a bass. You hear your subtle right, effects true. and stuff. You don't hear a lot of people like fucking with the shit. But something with about the guitar lends it to yeah. I think it's the register. Mm -hmm. I think uh, and and kind of what bass function in uh -huh. in most music tends to be, right. which is just that foundational role, and then you kind of put the groove. The rhythm. Yeah, you kind of put all the fancy like frosting on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um but the lightning bolt bass player is also a good effects bass yeah. player. Yeah. Yeah. Um how much how many effects do you guys use? I have a bunch. Uh I mostly right now working on this stuff with Louie, I'm basically just using uh the whammy um and space echo pedal mm -hmm. and one other weird pedal called the particle that yeah. I use sometimes. Basically just those three. But I've been using the same delay since like 2007. So I know like a bunch of weird tricks with it. Right. Um, and whenever I buy new stuff, even if it's like fancier, I just like 
go back to the old stuff that I've I figured out all these weird <laughs> Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I just kind of like stick with that. I always feel like I have a fairly clean setup, but I think I, I use I use more than you. I, I so like the foundation of my sound, just like I was saying. I mean, I'm I'm it's a it's a it's a Fender guitar through a Fender tube amp. Yeah. And I do find on a lot of songs, you know, I maybe I, I, I kind of keep my reverb at about three, kind of just standard, and I keep my tremolo somewhere on the, you know, maybe north side of a quarter, kind of, you know. Um, and as far as effects, I use uh, the the Ibanez Tube Screamer. It's actually Keely yep. modded, um, so it's got the little blue light instead of the red, and it's a little bit hotter, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little more. You, you don't use the uh, double tube screamer trick from Trey? No, no, no. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Um, although I do use a, um, I, I use a big muff uh, uh, okay. fuzz. Yeah. yeah. So when I really want to kick that in, um, I use a, a wah pedal. I use a uh, an echo delay. Um, I'm like totally blanking out because I actually haven't used it in a while. But it's the the big green box that uh, the line six one. The line six, line six. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was totally just blank, just uh, mind blanking on that. But yeah, the line six delay, which is great because it it it, it replicates like everything from the classic tape echo echo plex mm-hmm. to you know the. Uh, the boss digital delay i mean it's and, and everything in between it's really a, a very versatile pedal and and just gets really beautiful tones there's a time in the 90s when the rack mount was the way to go and yeah. everybody had, you know, it had this ridiculous like well the, the rack itself wasn't ridiculous it was a nice little unit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you had this ridiculous fucking pedal board yeah. that was as big as a guitar case and it was like well <laughs> i step on this and like look <coughs> look at right at that button and then do this yeah. and all of a sudden i'm going to sound like something if I were tour, if I if I were a touring musician, I would probably go with something rack mounted, just for simplicity's sake, just to not have to be like, okay, I'm not getting any sound. Which part of the chain has broken down here? Yeah. You know, and trying to figure that out. And the worst thing is trying to figure that out when there's actually people in the yeah. crowd, and the rest of your band is looking at you like, are we ready to start or what? Yeah. Um, so if I were a touring musician, I would probably go with something. It- yeah, you know something, something self-contained. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I love all those old pictures of Hendrix playing where there's like he's got the uh, the wah pedal, and then you know there's the the patch cable between that and his fuzz, and the patch cable between that and his yeah. octave, and it's just sitting on the floor in front of him. Um, uh, you know, and 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 that's that's fine for local gigs. That's pretty much what I do. I don't even have a pedal board. I right, just right. literally just throw them on the on the ground. Um, that's a DC thing. When <laughs> I, I, like, oh, is it? Yeah, because it? because I thought it was a laziness. Because I play I play here a lot, and frequently people come up to me, and because I, I I got a board last uh, two years ago because I, I joined a band that was doing touring, and the guy wanted me to use a lot. Like I was using maybe like between ten and fifteen pedals, mm-hmm. so I had to get the board. Yeah, uh, and which was really convenient. But then now that I still use it. Obviously, when I play gigs here, which is fairly frequently, I almost every time someone comes up and is like, oh, the pedal board, that's interesting. Like, I might do that. And then usually the people in the other bands just put it on the floor, Yeah, you know, which I also, also always did. I'm going to do it at some point. I've just been... Yeah. Lazy. No no pressure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just buy the thing and it has like a AC plug. I mean, I've got... Yeah. I've got them spread out. And it's just like, because... Yeah. I mean, what do I, what do I need a fucking pedal board for? So to be organized, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, I, if I had 10 pedals, uh, I would almost certainly do it. But I, I usually am playing three pedals 
max. Do you guys like? Gig. Do you guys like using effects more, or or do you like going letting like the amp and the guitar do the work? I go back and forth on this. I mean, I I I, I like both, and I feel like you kind of let the song dictate what what you're going to do sound wise right. and tone wise. I mean, again, for me, I feel like I start with a solid foundation. I've got a nice strat that I run through a Fender tube. And again, that's, I feel like that's a very quintessential clean electric mm-hmm. guitar sound. And if you have that as your foundation, everything you put on top of that should in theory anyway, s- still sound good. Um, and, and, and what I like about, what I like about sort of that, that basic clean sound, it's, it's, it's recognizable. It's, it's, it's a warm tone that mm-hmm. everybody knows they may not be able to place it exactly from, you know, oh, I heard this on Texas Flood or, you know, I heard this yeah. on, on uh, you know, Smoking Gun. But everybody, can, it's, it's, it's a warm tone that everybody recognizes, everybody um, responds to. And, and, but it's also kind of like a blank canvas that you can make the sound your own. You can make your own tone. Yeah. And, um, you know... I, Hey, listen, I believe in working with what Leo Fender gave us. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I also I really love doing gigs when I can, where it is just my guitar into a Fender tube yeah. amp. Mm-hmm. Like it real, especially if it's like um, improvised music or something jazz related. It just really sounds yeah. amazing. But all and at the same time, like some of my biggest people are people like Kevin Shields sure. and Johnny Marr. Which yeah, and and I love what they do with effects and i really like trying to uh trying to mess with that and change yeah i mean well, like we're from the 80s i mean the edge sure you too like that that guy like yeah. it's, it's all effects and i'm not i'm not i'm not ashamed to say the edge is honestly is one of my favorite guitar players yeah, it's really, absolutely really, it's really what i what i what i was thinking as i was listening to the uh the william tyler oh, album was i was, wrote that down too was it sounds like the edge playing modern instrumental country right and I, I you know i'm 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 very partial to that sound i like being able to fill out your basic sound yeah. with you know with the echo with the reverb um but still kind of retaining you know that sort of like yeah. that, that that core tone have uh have either of you guys ever played something where you were like you just weren't expecting it like maybe years down the road you're like hit some like phrase or some sound you got out of your guitar and just turn around like holy shit how the fuck did I do that <laughs> where the instrument surprised you because I mean after a while you know and not only not only do you know what the instrument can do you know your instrument mm-hmm. yeah you know if somebody picks up that and plays it it's going to sound very different than if I pick it up and play right. it right sure uh, but have you, have you ever like picked up say your favorite guitar and been playing it and all of a sudden like it did something that you just had never heard it do before some usually it's something because I'm trying an idea, yeah. so it's not like I'm like, and usually it has to do with some sort of technique either in my hands or something I'm like doing, like messing with the guitar, uh-huh. like putting cardboard on it or something, right? Uh, and then that gets really exciting and trying to figure out how to apply that stuff. But I'm pretty into like knowing what I'm doing, yeah, uh, and figuring <laughs> and figuring stuff out like systematically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's the jazz training. I'm into, yeah. I'm, into, I'm into not knowing what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> no, I, mm. I try to know. I try well, yeah, to, it's, too I try school, to know. it's still skills of thought. Like, I wish I knew what I was doing. Yeah, uh, more, I wish more, I knew more what I was doing. More I've, often than not. And I think I've, I've talked about this. I'm planning on, on actually taking jazz lessons. Nice. Simply because at this point, 
like just you run into walls with your style and you're yeah. like well i know how to do that yeah and if you somebody needs to plug me into a band to do that i can do that but if i need to actually stretch out and actually be interested then i need to be able to do this other stuff whether or not i use it like right. or not like i'm not gonna go out and make a jazz yeah. record do you know who you're gonna uh, get lessons with i don't know yet i have a good dc suggestion well then yes yeah. i will i will <laughs> we will talk after yeah, the show yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, I'm actually I'm actually interested in that as well. I I I I've spent like probably the last four or five years really kind of, like, you know, I started when I was fourteen, fifteen, and I took lessons to start with a with a, with a teacher, um, and and then I just was like, you know, listen, I'm playing rock, I'm playing blues. This is all stuff I can figure out. I don't need to pay for lessons, and I just sort of like taught myself a lot of that stuff. And it's only been within the last four or five years that I've really wanted to learn how to read music, learn theory mm-hmm. learn my intervals learn my you know you know uh, uh the scales the modes but you can get good and, at guitar without doing any of this you can, that, you that, can that is be, maybe the biggest appeal but yes. you can be you can be good at guitar in certain styles you you, you yeah. you're 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 not going to i don't think you're going to show up to a jazz jam and just no. you know just as a blues player who knows just one four fives and you know minor pentatonic scales you're not going to show up to a jazz jam and be able to do something that's interesting to the other musicians that are there no. you know you do have to kind of well, and, and 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 also you know i mean having a real book in front of you and being able to actually follow along mm-hmm. with what's going on that can know, work that's... both ways though because someone who's just a jazz musician might sit in at a blues jam and just play the totally wrong and most inappropriate sure. thing sure, for that sure, setting sure. i definitely don't think that jazz is like necessarily a secret key no, no, that no. lets you play no, every kind not. of music but what it does give you is like the tools to figure stuff out for yourself. Yeah. Right. And that's what's, that's I totally, kind of, yeah, I totally agree with that. That's the powerful thing about it. And yeah. I've actually been trying to learn different styles of jazz, different acoustic styles of jazz. I've been working a lot with Boston. No, I have a classical that I play. Um, even with the Lucky So-and-Sos, I will play, I'll bust out the classical. Yeah. Um, so I've been learning, you know, a lot of Boston Nova stuff. Um, I've been trying to teach myself like real basic flamenco. I've got the, Cool. My wife calls it the creepy nails. <laughs> That's so, we were talking about this when you were over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the creepy nails, and uh, you know, but but I William mean, has it nails. It works for me. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I noticed that, and that's that. That's definitely one of the things that that, that drew me in. I mean, I'm I've, I've I've been familiar with his work, but not intimately familiar. Right. And so, you know, getting a chance to really dig into this album. Um, you know, and kind of hearing the the different layers and things like that, and what he's doing from a finger style perspective, you know, I mean, the thing about guitar, I mean, again, this goes back to the versatility. I mean, you know, what William Tyler is doing on, the, on this album is a lot of um, like banjo rolls mm-hmm. and like you know those 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 like country licks that almost sound lap steel, um, and and being able to pull that off on 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 an acoustic guitar, you know, just with nails on the steel. And, uh, you know, that's, that's all stuff that's really interesting to me. So, yeah, it's interesting about the instrument. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure. Well, let's actually, uh, let's talk about some William Tyler. So in short, uh, get a guitar kids. Like, get a yeah. guitar. Get a learn. guitar. Learn. Don't ever use the excuse that I don't have talent. It's not no. about talent. Talent, I think comes in, you know, for sure. Talent comes in, you know, for songwriting, being able to put together a good, a good piece of music, um, but I think actually learning how to play is more just about putting in the time, you know, and even if it's 15 minutes a night, you know, you can learn, you can yep. get, you can get your, your, your muscle memory down and be able to go 
chord to chord and, you know, learn how to make bar chords and just don't do it on a ukulele, please. <laughs> don't do it on a ukulele. All right, let's talk about some William Tyler. Yeah. Uh, William Tyler. Uh, name of the album is Modern Country. That track is Kingdom of Jones. A uh, little background here. Uh, William Tyler is a 36 year old guitarist from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he's currently a member of Lamb Chop. I'm not sure if he's still in Silver Juice. That's uh, Stephen Malcolm's side project. Very worth paying attention to. Both those bands are. Uh, Modern Country is his third solo album, the second one from Merge Records. So, uh, you know, he's legit, right? And. Uh, uh, he comes from a musical family, uh, much like you know. <laughs> well, I, I, no, I <laughs> no, his, his family is more musical than uh, mine, for sure. Uh, his first solo album, "Behold the Spirit," garnered him pretty widespread acclaim, uh, and you know he's known as a, as a you know a backing guitarist, but also this guy who's he's laying down some uh, pretty uh, pretty groovy instrumental guitars. Um, you know that track I think is indicative of almost every song on the whole album. Uh, this is. Uh, I think when you talk about the title of album, Modern Country, I don't think it's a thing just talk about like country music. It's more in the country, you know, the noun mm-hmm. of a country, because this is uh, something like that I want to hear if I'm sitting on my porch and I'm watching the train go by. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, what, like seven songs, I think it is? Yeah. Pretty pretty quick album, 41 minutes. Uh, it, set, it sets a mood, which is... Um, We've had a couple albums that we've talked about on this podcast over the years. Uh, last year, the biggest one was uh, the uh, Colin Stetson Sarah Newfield one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually not talked about an album like this, which is odd because you know we were just talking about guitars. My uh, other, like my hero was Clapton, and I got a Crossroads box set. Which yep. is now unavailable. I had to, yeah, I have that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's now unavailable. So if you have it, like load it into your iTunes. I had to like, uh, but uh, I'm gonna have to dig for mine. Yeah, it's because it's fantastic. It covers every yeah, era right. of Clapton, all not just Clapton, but the other, the other guitar players he played with. Right, right. You know, Jeff Beck's on that playing. Uh, Dwayne Allman. Yeah, and and uh, you know, but in as that '80s went on. Like Clapton was not playing that music, but he did get into this weird like soundtrack mode. And I'm not talking about the Rush soundtrack. That was the 90s. That was Tears mm-hmm. in Heaven. Right. Oh, that was the end of that. But he did some stuff. I believe it was uh, called Homeboy was one of them. 
this stuff with Nathan East, who who worked on a bunch of, uh, I think he did like the Lethal Weapon soundtrack or something. Everything. Yeah, he did yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. And hearing this, the first thing I thought about was those albums. And I was like, well, fuck. I haven't heard this in a long time. Yeah. So I, I'm sort of like actually drawn to this album in a way um, that I didn't expect to be. Because I hear, as a guitarist, and this is... This is uh, sort of a snobby thing to say. I mean, I, I think we would all agree, though. It does take a good bit to impress you if you know the instrument, yeah? Sure. Yeah. Um, and so people doing this, I'm just like, oh, you made an instrumental album. Great. But this gets more into, uh, like I said, the mood of it. Um, Noah, you, you sort of charted this out. Yeah. So I sort of did a let's, reduction let's start, of the let's record. Start with you here. Yeah, I got, I got the sense it was a lot of one four fives. I mean, like as far totally. as the yeah. as far as the the the, the song structures, very yeah. very simple. Yeah. Well, with this one, Kingdom of Jones, it almost is all one fours and fives. Although like major blues. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the thing I liked the most about the song actually is like the first chord, which he never comes back to, which is kind of a four chord. Mm-hmm. It's a four chord over a different bass note. Mm-hmm. It's really and it's really nice. And my even though the, the playing I think is awesome on this, and I really like all the tunes on like a basic level. Some of the sort of architecture of the record, I think, might not be as obsessively thought out as it would be if I had made it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so what I mean is like that intro and that whole intro really really reminds me of like. John Fahey stuff, especially mm-hmm. like se- like early seventies John Fahey stuff, where he was playing like twenty minute long sort of yeah. massive pieces, and there's a lot of real interesting stuff just in the intro that like never comes back at all. Yeah, and that kind of bums me out because it seems like just there's a lot to explore in some of this. There's some chromatic stuff. There's an interesting chord right at the beginning that has that just doesn't doesn't come back, and the other is kind of. I mean, it's kind of not like a primary issue because I like everything he's playing, but this tune is kind of like two different songs, mm-hmm. and he just kind of switches, and I, the two different like, I kind of called them movements, like a first movement, second movement. Other than the fact that they're both in C, and they both use like the one and four and five chords, they don't seem to be related to each other in a particular way. Is this the curse of the <laughs> instrumental guitar player? And you know what I'm talking about. The guy is, is really good, and he's like playing all the stuff, and he's like, now I will make a solo album. Maybe. And, it, and, and he's just not great at doing songs. Maybe, is that sort of what you're getting at? You know, I don't want to make a judgment like that just on the on this record. Yeah. yeah. But I, do, I did read that they made this really fast. Yes. And, it, and that might be part of it. Um, I know this guy's dad is like a major songwriter, yep. so I don't I don't doubt that his he mom too, I think. yeah yeah because yeah, both his parents yeah. so I know this guy knows how songs work better than I do, but like I do I like a certain logic, especially in instrumental music where uh-huh. there's nothing really else to there's no like lyric or vocal to hold on to. So I feel like if you're gonna do it, like make the music really kind of interesting and also kind of 
I don't know, connected in some way. Yeah. And it just, it seemed like this it could have been like just two separate ideas. And instead of like maybe developing one of them right. and having like a big arc or something, he kind of had one, he does it for a little bit. Then he kind of does this like interlude with like the C kind of Lydian thing for a few measures. And then just new song. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed new song that sounds sort of similar. Sort of similar. <laughs> the first, the first one sounds a lot like this song "Wildwood Flower," okay, which is like a bluegrass standard. Yeah. Uh, but it's not. I mean, it's just the beginning reminded me of it. Um, I think it's um, and, and and I may have a different take. I think I may be. I think I may. I, I may find more interesting um, in this in this than Noah because, you know, I, when you when you think of an instrumental album by a guitar player you would think that there's a lot of heavy lead playing yeah. and a lot of heavy melody playing and there's really not and 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 what i found interesting about it i i, I agree that the song structures are are i don't want to say simple but 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 simple because there are a lot no, of straight simple. there are a lot of straight but one simple, four five and, and simple okay. is not simple is not, simple okay. is not simple is not bad when you're when you're talking about a song structure one four five it, it, is is your standard your standard blues your twelve bar blues your standard rock and roll I mean you know um but what what I what I liked was was the layering of the guitars and and a lot of the harmonies that he was able to mm-hmm. get through those through that layering. Um, I, 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 I thought a lot of that was really interesting. And, I, and, and even though there was not a lot of lead playing at all, um, it was still able to kind of hold my attention. And, and, um, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, I do agree that he does, he does kind of go into these interludes and then kind of maybe just alter the structure that he was doing before, just yeah. alter it slightly. And, and, and there's something there's something to be said for that for taking what you've got and 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 flipping it on its head. Sometimes it did feel like two different songs that he was jamming together. Yep. But um, but I really really do enjoy listening to to to, to the way he plays. I actually have um, uh, on this song actually one of the one of the notes that I wrote down is that it kind of sounds. Physical graffiti, Zeppelin yeah. era. Oh, he's definitely um, pulling in like that stuff with kind of like oh, that, yeah. that 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 British that, that, folk, that kind of that kind of dronish right. pedal tone that he keeps yeah. going throughout. You know that 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 you know it's, he's playing with the thumb, the bass note, and just kind of droning it, and then doing which. Doing let's be clear, melody. like if you're playing guitar, uh, if you if you want to sound like a badass, drone, <laughs> like sure. especially on an acoustic, sure, drop yeah. that D. And then drone away. And then drop that D again to yes. C, which yeah. is what he did. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. yeah. That's and what I was trying to figure out on this song in particular because I it, it sounded There's like tuning. it yeah. sounded like the it sounded like the uh, uh, the Zeppelin song that's actually from Gra- Physical Graffiti and I've never been able to pronounce it. I think it's called Bronyar or Bromra. Bronyar Stomp or No, not not the Stomp, not the Stomp, but the but the but the but the acoustic one. The one that during Song Remains the Same in the movie when they're driving through New York in the limo and they're playing that. But 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 Paige has that has that guitar tuned to a C six. Okay, and that's what I was trying to figure out was like I, I actually I sat down with the album last night and I had my guitar and I was working through and that's kind of how I figured out some of the just just that that it was a lot of um, like just one four five major blues, um, 
and 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 I just I don't I don't have I have a guitar that's tuned to C six and I wasn't gonna waste time <laughs> yeah. tuning tuning one of my guitars to a C six to try to figure it out because but, once you once you tune a guitar down like that you, yeah. you fall into the hole real quick yeah you're like holy <laughs> shit like I I've had people over and like that's what's awesome about a banjo actually uh, which is there banjo on this I can't remember I, mm, I don't. The- Think there's there banjo is. type playing. Sure, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you definitely get some banjo rolls the, going somebody on. Somebody said to me how hard a banjo was to play, and I said, You're half right. To play it like proficiently, like if like an actual old blues bluegrass banjo player. Right. It's incredibly hard because you have the finger action it's on your technical. right hand, which is very different from a guitar. Yeah. But it's all open tuning. Right. So you can hit like one string, and you can you can sound competent and do it. Right, you uh, can which, fake your you can fake it. Right, right. <laughs> you know it, it's it's weird because like I was saying, I I don't know often what I I don't know what to do necessarily with instrumental albums that are just like just guitar. Recently, I'm more drawn to in, like just instrumental electronic albums. That right. seems more right. interesting, and it could be just. Maybe I've heard everything on a guitar, and okay, that's nice, but I can immediately place it in, like, this is, you know, from this part of the country, and this is representing this and stuff. But there's something to this, and there's something about the familiarity and the, and the, um, the homogenous, like, nature of a lot of these songs that almost turned it into, like, a, a, a meditation for me, which was sort of nice. It's, it's not, um, uh, which honestly, no, your album is is like that in a very different way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, and more interesting, if I, <laughs> I do say uh, myself. But uh, you know, it, you you put something like this on, and uh, you don't necessarily have to pay attention to it. It can be background. Yeah, which some people think is is a is a diss, and I, and I don't. Yeah, I, totally I don't know if it is, but I don't I, think but it I, is. I don't think it is. But I, but I don't know. I mean, if you're stepping up and like, I'm going to spend the money to make this album and stuff. Do you want people saying like, this is background music? I can sit down at a laptop and throw on kind of blue and be able to write. You know, I mean, there's I, right. I, but I, you, I typically, I'm hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to read or write with a lot of heavy music, especially music with vocals. That's why I tend to listen to a lot of classical and a lot of jazz mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm writing. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely don't think it's a diss to be able to say it, you can put it on in the background and just have it as mood music. I definitely don't, don't think that's a diss because kind of blue is my, that's my desert album. Yeah. yeah. De- desert Island album. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I could only be stuck with one album for the rest of my well, life, you can be stuck in a desert. Probably... That's cool. <laughs> like it might happen. Global wherever warming. wherever <laughs> I'm stuck, yeah. if I could only have one album, that's the one I'd have yeah. probably. So. Yeah. I don't take it as a diss either. I guess I just, I don't know if that's what he was going for, and I guess it well, kind and that, of, yeah. that's actually what I'm getting at because yeah. you know when, when I hear stuff and, I, and we prep to like talk about this stuff, like obviously something you think about as a critic or just even to discuss it with somebody is what was their intent, and it do, sometimes it doesn't matter, and sometimes mm-hmm. it does, you know, because there's the whole once you made it, like it's out there, it's not yours, it's, yeah. Anyway, but I think there is while you're making it some. Something in your core that is like, I want it to be this. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think as a musician, as a songwriter, you always want people to be paying attention. You always want people to appreciate 
what you've done, even if some, you know, I, I mean, I think sometimes musicians tend to write, try to write interesting things for other musicians and, 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 you know, it's things that maybe your, your, your lay person isn't going to pick up on. Um, so, you know, I just, uh, I mean, I, 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 I like a lot of the, 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 the ambience that, that, mm-hmm. that he's able to, to get. I mean, you know, what we were just listening to obviously was a lot of, was, was, was some layered steel string acoustics. Yeah. He actually has some with, with some really nice, it sounds like echoplex going through, yeah. you know, the, the, the electric. And I, you know, I've, I looked at a lot of his pictures. It sounds like he's, sounds like he's playing that Telecaster through a, through a Fender 2 right. amp, you know. I mean, I mean the guy definitely we knows his shit. Yeah, this this isn't somebody who's just like I'm a guitarist. For sure, for yeah, sure. I mean, like, he's 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 la- he's layering guitars on top of each other that are harmonizing, and and I think that that's you know I I I find that to be very interesting. I mean it, you know if you if you went to music school it's 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 probably very basic, but I, I'm I'm, oh, I'm I mean, a, but I'm 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 in a place where I I, I am kind of discovering different harmonies and mm-hmm. different yeah. different intervals and things like yeah. that and so i was trying to i love that stuff too i mean johnny marr is kind of the guy i think of i like i freak out on smith's songs yeah mm-hmm. figuring out yeah his overdubs yeah so that's definitely i mean so i yeah i love that stuff let's, let's hear another track right now uh i want to play uh something just because uh scientology that's why <laughs> gone, gone, gone clear <laughs>
So, uh, Gone Clear, uh, that could have actually fit in that documentary, I think. Yeah. If you know, you don't want to talk instrumental things, uh, and you know, a lot of this music tends to end up. It well should end up, I think, maybe in films, because when it succeeds, you get a visual component. You know, not to keep talking about like your album with Louis, but that succeeds because, uh, as more often than not, I also have this experience with albums. Uh, I am uh, all of a sudden watching a sci-fi movie that has not been made that I really want somebody to fucking make. <laughs> so then I send the album to people who I know make films. I'm like, listen to this, figure it out, please. Yeah, and make a movie. Yeah, make a movie. You <laughs> Based know on what this I like. Song. You know what I like. Yeah. Uh, you know, and stuff like that. So you can you can plug that into uh, any film. I mean. The, the the utility is like limitless. Yeah. So the question I guess comes down to is is how it stands on its own. Right. And yeah. Uh, you know, which we've said several times. I mean, it's just in twenty sixteen and doing this. I, I don't know if it's a risk. Uh, and I, and I was, well, it's not because this is what this is his art. Yeah. Right. Right. And he has their gigs. And, and he has all the gigs. And he's on fucking merch. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, not. Yeah, this is, I mean, to me, this is like the indie Bill Frizzell album. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's as good as a Bill Frizzell album. No. Did you listen to the last one? Uh, the film one? Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know yeah. people who, who are down on it. I'm like, oh, I feel no, like he's pretty it. consistent. I mean, at he, this point, he kind of does the same thing, but yeah. it's different songs. I like hearing him do his thing on right. on different songs, right. and I like I like Petra Hayden singing too, which some people uh, I know don't like her singing. Yeah, but I, I like her singing a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you were saying something in the break about how uh, stuff reminding you of stuff more like yeah. indie stuff. Right. Yeah. It was a different. I mean, there's yeah. On this one, there was a little bit that sounds a lot to me like one of the interludes on Zen Arcade. And I was also mentioning on on a different track, there was stuff that reminded me of uh, "Here Come the Warm Jets," particularly mm-hmm. that song with like the overdubbed uh, fuzzy guitars, kind of like a proto shoegaze type thing. And I'm sure this guy is into Eno if oh, he's doing instrumental yeah. stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I don't think I think in the in the in the copy I saw for this, I think they mentioned like Penguin Cafe Orchestra. Which is like tangentially related to Brian Eno, and is like that instrumental kind of thing. So, I think that that kind of like meditative, uh, possibly even new agey reference point is is here. Is is yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and solo guitar. I mean, a lot of new agey music is solo guitar also. Yeah yeah, yeah. the reverby echoey. That's like that's very Brian Eno. Yeah, uh, I. I will say a similar thing about this track that I said to about the other one, which was I thought this this song has by far the most material compositionally of like anything on this record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the first track is eight measures for nine minutes. Yeah, this has a lot of stuff, and a lot of it is really cool. There's like, uh, but I, but I also kind of felt like it all hap- it all comes at you really fast. And it all seems a little bit disconnected. Mm. Like there's this sweet, kind of like Eastern sounding bit. Right. And like, I was actually listening to that tune with with Louis in the car a few days ago, and he was like, "Oh, this is sweet," and it is. <laughs> but then it yeah. just like goes away. Right. It's like there for like 
10 seconds maybe. And then it goes right into, there's like a short little pause and then like that bell thing, yeah. which is mm -hmm. also sweet. But yeah. like, I just, when, if I was putting the this together- The connection between the two. It's just like, that was like two sweet things that both lasted like kind of pretty, pretty for a pretty short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I also really like that there's like a long first movement, which is really cool. That like really fast finger picking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it all just seemed kind of like, like separate things that could have all been their own. You their think own thing. you think something like this, and uh, maybe instrumental albums in general, just need a little more context. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, like I can listen to this and I can make up like all sorts of stories in my oh. head about like whatever the fuck is going on. What I mean, you do that. You decide what an album means to you. Yeah. Totally. But as far as figuring it out. And, like, whether or not... I mean, there is a, a bridge to cross. Like, does this appeal to me? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, I think, is provided by context. And as much as I would like to think that, you know, like, I don't, and other people I know don't pay attention to that, I mean, it, it is important. And so sometimes you need somebody to tell you, yeah, this yeah. is what I'm doing, and it unlocks it. Or sometimes you need to see it live, mm -hmm. and it unlocks it. Or sometimes you need to listen to it on acid, and it unlocks <laughs> it. Yeah, uh, yeah, not anymore. But <laughs> well, well, you know what kind of unlocked it for me a little bit was just kind of putting it on with the guitar on my lap, and and yeah. and you know, ostensibly I was just trying to figure out the keys and you know, sort of like what the bass the bass tones were, what the what the basic progression was. Um, but you know, once I once I did, I was able to kind of come up with you know some Im improvised melodies that I was playing over it. Um, I also had. Uh, Sometimes I'll do like I'll put the earbuds in my ear with the music, and then I've got some like Beats headphones that I put on, and I've got uh, GarageBand on my iPad, and so I yeah, just like we'll hook up the keyboard this and you're jamming with by Beats and Apple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're, you're jamming. You're jamming with it basically. So I'm kind of yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 jamming along with the music because it's it's even though it's very layered to to listen yeah. to it, it, it it feels kind of skeletal. Yep. And 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 I think to get back to to your point, maybe some of these ideas. Aren't we're not we're not getting full resolution of some of the ideas, and and that may just be an issue of songcraft. I mean, there's no question that his 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 harmonic ideas are are great. His techniques, his, the actual playing, um, is 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 tremendous, and it, it did kind of feel like maybe some of some of the ideas were were unfinished. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he necessarily needed to layer, like for example, a fourth guitar over top of <laughs> one of these to, to 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 lay down a melody. But that might, you know, and I know he was trying to um, bring out a melody through the chords, playing playing some chord melodies, which is kind of standard solo guitar technique. Um, you know, and 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 again, not not slams because I really do enjoy the album and I I, I enjoy his playing. It felt like maybe some of these ideas were like we didn't get the kind of resolution yeah. that you're, and and maybe that's by design. Sometimes sometimes you sometimes you want to delay or even put off mm -hmm, the resolution. Totally. Yeah. But it felt like that that kind of happened on on a lot of these songs. Like you you have A and a B section that that you're, you're sitting there like, have we just had that C section, or if we just came yeah. back to this A section at yeah. the that's end? That's all it takes. Sometimes sometimes is 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 you know, and then, and that's just a question of songcraft. 
more than an intent. More like than back, back to the intent. And and and, 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 that may, and that may well have been that may well have been his intent. He may have gone he may have gone into this thinking more movements instead of thinking songs. Yeah. Or if he's or if he's going into this thinking in a completely like I'm gonna make some seriously fucking experimental music and I, I'm just gonna leave him hanging. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. right. And that and that and that may that may well be that may well be the intent and it and, and if so yeah. Great because mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Uh two things. One thing that you said reminded me of something that I I thought sometimes which is there are times on this uh album where to me it kind of sounded like the backing track to something that would have something else like a lead thing on top, yeah. like a vocal. Yeah. Um like an unfinished country mm-hmm. tune or something that like if you just put a vocal on there it would be it would kind of mm-hmm. recontextualize it. And also, Kevin, about about your question about do instrumental albums just need like more context? I think sometimes. Yeah. I also think that uh, there are like amazing instrumental albums coming, still are. coming out that like just you just listen to and it's like oh that is just yeah. without anything that's beautiful and yeah, and awesome. Sure. So it can Expl- be done. Ex- explain what you mean by 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 needing needing context. Yeah, you were just talking about like maybe it just needs. You need to see it from maybe different point of view. Yeah. So, so well, and for instrumental stuff, like t- consider consider the film score mm-hmm. that has the context that is serving this thing. Right. If you just play a and uh, this album specifically, if you just drop this on somebody and say what is it, you don't tell them. You say what is it? What's well, this guy William Tyler? So you contextualize that. What do you know? He's a guitar player. That's all you know. It's called modern country. Okay, you can get some stuff out of that. But what is it like serving? Mm-hmm. Is it serving like some guy just like wanking off on guitar? Like check out how good I am, or is it serving? Thankfully, no. Huh? Thankfully, it's no, not. No, no, it's <laughs> not. It's not. And most most things aren't. Or is yeah. it serving uh, some vision, some narrative that he has? Because and you, a lot of times you can get that narrative from. An instrumental album. I mean, you certainly can. I mm-hmm. don't think you get it from this. Yeah. You know, if there if there is a failure on this album, it is that. I I mean, I I I am down with the vibe, but I do not see a through line to any of these songs except for some of them are in the same key. Yeah. So that that's a what lot I mean. We're in the same key. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I mean about context. Okay. You know, so some sort of extra musical thing, possibly even. Right. Yeah. I mean, even you know, back to the uh, Colin Stetson and Sarah Newfield album. Uh, and uh, I think it's always where the way she was. Yeah. Um, gorgeous album. Uh, but even if they hadn't told you what it's about, uh, you would hear it, and the context it it paints a story so clear mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what their intent was. It paints a story so clear that you're like, got it, right? And in and and it is. Uh, and uh, same with Colin Stetson's album Sorrow, which Lou mm-hmm. is over here talking about, right, you know. Right. But that's also that's that's a famous right. Like, composition. Right. It's kind of built into that piece. It's kind of built that into it. Works, it. Yeah. Right, yeah. So so when you're doing, because look in a rock song and vocals, you can just say, "Hey, here's the context," and like scream an octave up, and like you've got them. <laughs> uh, but you don't get that benefit in this instrumental yeah. style of music. Um, there's another band who. Uh, uh, like uh, yeah, yeah. I'll say that because uh, Japan Droids out of, out of Athens, Georgia. Uh, they they have always been a instrumental band, and this has John Neff 
this has people big in the Athens scene. Um, it's pedal steel. It's fantastic stuff. If you haven't heard that uh, before, I see Dallas. I think it's the name of one of their albums. It's amazing. They do a and. I do not like my bloody Valentine. That's shocking to some people. They do an amazing version. You're shaking your head. You do an amazing <laughs> I've heard, version. I've heard that cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing version of Loveless. Yeah. Um, on their latest album, though, and, and you got the context is, is mm-hmm. my point of all these instrumental things. And on the latest album, it was five year hiatus or something. It's vocals on every track, and it fucking ruins it. There you go. It just like yeah. Okay, <laughs> like. Yeah. I didn't need you telling me this. Right. Like so, a, yeah. So these like possible, these things that can be sort of downfalls of instrumental music can also be yeah. virtues. Yeah. That's sort of like, um, there's something vague about it that you can kind of put your own story on it or whatever you need to, to make it work for you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I like that I could listen to this album with my guitar in my lap and be able to improvise over it. I like the fact that it, it feels like, um, in many ways, like a blank canvas, almost unfinished. Yeah. Um, unfinished again, because we're not necessarily getting resolution on a lot of the, on a lot of the themes and the ideas. Um, and then also ju- just the fact that he's, you know, with 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 the guitars layering and and the harmonies, they're they're, they're just providing really basic rhythm. A, a bed for your imagination. A bed for my imagination. That's exactly right. Um, so we uh, we we generally uh, rate these. Basically, we have a, have a scale. It's a buy stream or pass. So, uh, what would you do with it, Ian? Um, stream. Uh, possibly buy. I, I I mean I definitely I definitely enjoy the album and um, you know I, I was familiar with 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 William Tyler's work but not intimately so mm-hmm. and you know in 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 preparing for this you know for for being able to speak uh, somewhat knowledgeably about <laughs> it um, you know I really got a chance to dig in and 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 it did get me interested in in going back and listening to re-listening to some of his earlier stuff and 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 this you know i mean anytime you're talking about art you're talking personal you know personal thoughts and and personal feelings about things but i i, I really dig this style of playing i mean the 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 yeah. style of playing that i'm that i'm into is is less lead playing and more rhythm you know uh the the band that i primarily play with is is a is a jazz hip hop band and so I, I you know I don't I don't I don't take a lot of opportunities to do lead and solo. I, I care more about playing rhythm and, and kind of locking in a groove. Yeah. Um and I really like sort of the the, the fullness and the and the ambiance and I, I realize a lot of the fullness came from from the layering of guitars, but but also a lot of the fullness came from, you know, just, just sort of the way he sets up way he sets up yeah. uh, with, with with his tone and so as a guitar player, I I I enjoyed listening to it. Um, as a just listener of music, um, I definitely found that 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 it was I was you know I was at work today and I was listening to I had it in, in my earbuds and and um, you know was really enjoying it. Cool. No. Um. This is what I would do. Yes. Um, you, you, you're you're advising so, people. Oh, well, oh what, 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 like, they, what they what they should do? What they should do? Buy stream or pass? Um, 
I would probably recommend stream, mm-hmm. and then if you like it, buy. And if you like it, well, that's, I would always, that's always the thing. And then especially if you like it, I would say uh, go check out John Fahey. Yeah. But you, you can know. send me a list of names, and I'll just put them in the show notes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and because that that is the thing about stuff like this is he's referencing a bunch. There are people that will only listen to this because right. they merge. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, and, that's a good point. And they don't know any of this, and they're like, "Well, that sounds neat." Right. That's indie as fuck. It's like no. Yeah. <laughs> There's like 50 guitarists behind this in this tradition yeah. of what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also didn't find it to be as much country or I, I was I guess I went into it expecting a little more Americana I mean there's definitely the elements because yeah, yeah. You know, especially on the songs where he plays maybe, maybe more so on the songs where he's playing the steel string acoustic than than the electric with the heavy effects but um, you know I mean there's a lot of like really pretty banjo rolls really pretty mm-hmm. like lap steel rolls and yeah. licks and things like that 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 I dig as a yeah as a as a former Telecaster player, yeah, I mean, that's, that's right up the Telecaster alley, um, um, and also sounds great on, on on a steel string acoustic. Yeah, I I too am gonna stream it, um, but uh, I think like everybody, I have a little addendum. I, I this is I, I've listened to his stuff passively. Now I'm now I'm like intrigued. I'm like oh. But now I want to get him down here to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> so it can be one of those awkward ones like, you guys are all assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and, which is fine. It's yeah. happened. Uh, Future Birds <laughs> came down and did that to us. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, they're great guys. But, uh, you know, uh, it, because this type of album just hasn't been in my life in probably decades. Like, I just haven't paid attention to it. And now I'm like, oh, okay. And, and I don't know. Honestly, I feel I'm getting a little more back to uh for lack of a better term roots rock like traditional mm-hmm. not uh not using all the effects mm-hmm. like uh johnny grave was on the last podcast came in here to chat for a little bit his new album phenomenal is fucking phenomenal amazing and it's and, just and it's just him no and man. it's just him and and it's the type of thing that you sit up and you're like well a lot of people can't repeat that but <laughs> <laughs> but Damn, wow. like that's happening in 2016. Let me let me say this, and 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 I consider Johnny Grave a friend. If there's anybody out there that makes me want to throw my guitars in the trash, yeah, it's him. Yeah, he's, it, he's, it's phenomenal. He's tremendous. So, so th- this falls into if that if that's a movement that I'm just sort of feeling the wave push me for through, uh, then I'm into it. So well, and he also did the uh, he's kind of spearheaded the whole. Uh, the Civil War era. Yep. The 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 Claire Barton session. Oh, he's coming. Those he's were... coming back. He's coming back on to talk about all this stuff. I mean, we, he's been on once before. Great. But Great. Uh, but he is. In fact, I, I pitched him to uh, um, Phil Cook's people, and uh, good. And I, I don't think he knows this. He might be listening to this, but uh, the the response was righteous. So there oh. you go, Johnny Grave. Um, thank you guys for coming down. Thank uh, you. This is yeah, fun. Thanks for having us. Uh, I know you're out of town, uh, up in Brooklyn most of the time. Uh, you're not, so uh, come I'm back local. soon. But and no, we'll anytime do. you're in town, just be Thank like, you. hey man, you want to talk about some shit? And we will. So uh, I like to talk. Yeah. So uh, there you go, William Tyler, Modern Country.
The name of the album is Modern Country. The name of the artist, William Tyler. And uh, that was our review. Hope you liked it. I uh, hope if you hadn't heard of that guy or hadn't heard that music, go check it out. Yeah, we have we put links in the show notes and in under the uh, album here. Uh, we don't necessarily link to the album. We link to the artist because I think uh, you know these albums are are not only records of where they are at a certain time, but it's also a way in. So if you liked what you heard, uh, just dial up your Spotify, dial up your Apple Music. Uh, please don't use title, um, and uh, just you know dig in. Spend an afternoon with William Tyler, and then you'll spend an afternoon with Modern Country. Uh, thanks again to Noah and Ian for coming down. Uh, it is always a pleasure to have people down here talking about music who are as passionate about it as us. Uh, if you if you liked what you heard and, and you're thinking that you too uh, share that passion, uh, hit us up. I am, I'm Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com. Uh, if you don't want to like get in touch with me directly, uh, you can hit info at chunkyglasses.com or you know you can get anybody, Paul, Carrie, uh, Eduardo, Patrick, and just say, hey, uh, I, I think I might like to do this and, uh, and maybe, we'll, uh, maybe we'll get back at you. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter too. It's at Chunky Glasses. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram. Surprise, at Chunky Glasses. Uh, also on Facebook. Even more surprising, we are Chunky Glasses on Facebook. Um, yeah, we, we like to end every podcast here uh, by playing a song. Uh, this podcast is no exception, and uh, this week we got a little track for you. It was it premiered a little while ago, but that's okay, because uh, you might not have heard it. Maybe you did. Maybe you just want to hear it again. Uh, the band I'm talking about is Avers. Now, we were big on them uh, about two years ago. Their album, Empty Light, that sort of came out of nowhere out of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Blew My Mind is one of my favorite albums uh, of that year. One of my favorite albums to come out of Richmond, period. Uh, this is a little bit of a super group, uh, a minor super group. You've got members of Hypercolor, uh, members of, of Trillions, Charlie Glenn and that, who is now in uh, town the Get Down Stay Downs band, and it's all over that album. Uh, so if you saw her out this tour, uh, you saw part of Avers in that band. Uh, they are, uh, put simply, one of the um, one of the best power pop uh, bands I, I've seen in the past 10 years, easily. They are they, they know how to put on a show, they know how to write a song, they know how to make a damn fine album. So, when I heard that they had a new album coming out in July called Omega Whatever, uh, I had a little bit of an excite. And uh, finally got to listen to the album. It kicks as much ass as I expected, uh, which doesn't often happen. Uh, so what we want to do today uh, for you is play a track off that. So the, the track we're going to play is Everything Hurts off of Aver's Omega Whatever. Uh, so if you're ready to rock... Let us rock. Oh 
the name of the band is Avers. The album is out uh, towards the end of July. Omega, whatever. We'll be talking about it for sure. And uh, hopefully, they're swinging back through here on their little tour dates. And hopefully, uh, we'll have them uh, back on here. We talked to them right when they were getting their start. Uh, went up to the Rockman Hotel. Had to <laughs> edit out a lot of air conditioning noise. Um, and uh, But now we get this nice big studio basement thinger down here. Um, so they can come down and relax. We'll make them food, you know, and whatnot, some beers. It's all good. Uh, that is our podcast for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening, for tuning in. Uh, if you have not subscribed to us on iTunes, please do so. Or, you know what, if Google Play is your thing, go ahead and do that. We're on that now. Uh, we're also up on Mixcloud. We're on Stitcher. Uh, you can see us uh, out at a bunch of shows. Matt was gone for a while, uh, Matt Condon, but now he, he's back. Took a little vacation uh, where he wasn't shooting stuff, which I imagine was was nice. Um, and uh, yeah, we are we are inching ever closer to two hundred. I just booked that episode for uh, more or less, and uh, it is going to be a doozy. I, I will give you a hint: it's an interview. Um, we had a few things we could try. Uh, one of them was to review uh, Third Stage by Boston again, which we might do anyways. But for 200, uh, we have an interview, and it's, it's, it's going to be a good one. So uh, only eight more episodes. Uh, until then, uh, get out and see some live music. And, uh, you know, w- w- at the end of this, we always say, uh, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Um, in light of the Orlando uh, killings, the massacre down there, uh, you know, we mean it more and more and more. Uh, just, you know, stop being assholes, people, and, and be good to each other. That is that is how we make it through. That is how it's a smooth ride from when we're born to, you know, a nice little glide in uh, to the end. Um, and then everybody can be happy and not uh, be horrified and sad and crying. So, don't know why I threw that in there, there but there it is. Uh, We will see you in a few short days. Uh, Until then, be good to your ears. Be better to your people. See you later. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>